Welcome to SLP Happy Hour. We are a podcast for SLPs with big hearts who are looking for ways to improve the lives of ourselves and the humans we work with. In this podcast, we discuss habit change, realistic things we're trying to do to make our home and work lives happier and healthier. We also share specific how-tos so you can leave feeling confident about working with your clients. We are the How to and Habit Change podcast, and if you're a like-minded SLP, welcome. Let's learn together. This episode, we talk about how to find your SLP community. In a profession where burnout and isolation is a huge problem, this topic is more important now than ever. Sari also shares her 10 goals for this year. I shared mine last episode, and we'll keep you posted on how we do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say one of them is international travel. (laughs) This girl's been everywhere. Well, you'll have to wait to find out. Worth waiting for. (laughs) We're also going to continue our discussion of reducing stress by scheduling in routines. Up this episode, morning routines. We also answer a fascinating question. When you set goals for yourself, like personal goals, is it actually more important to meet the goal or is the importance in just making the goal in the first place? Mm, Good question. So I'm Sari Wu. And I'm Sarah Lockhart. SLP Happy Hour is a podcast for caring SLPs who want more calm and less chaos in their workday. We talk tips and tricks for making work and home life easier and less stressful. We also openly discuss burnout, lesson fails, and what it's really like to be an SLP. Our goal is to empower SLPs to feel more awesome and confident, and to share tips and tricks to make their SLP lives happier and more successful. First up, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank all of our sponsors for today's show. They made this show happen. That's right, and SLP Now is one of our sponsors. SLP Now provides you with tons of materials for your pediatric caseload at the click of a button with monthly memberships. And you can find SLP Now at slpnow.com slash happy. This episode is also sponsored by us. Visit our website, slphappyhour.com, for exclusive freebies. Our freebies lately have been a winter bucket list and a quick start guide to deepening your friendships this year, something we are both working on. Head on over to the website and sign up for the newsletter there, and we will also include a link in the show notes. And now, let's get this show on the road. To begin... One of the things we'll be focusing on this podcast season is community, and we wanted to have a conversation today about how Sarah and I each found our SLP community. Mm -hmm. And just a little background, one of the reasons I started this podcast is I felt consistently isolated as an SLP. I was often the only SLP in my building or worked with other SLPs that were so busy, there wasn't really a relationship there. And I think we can all relate to feeling isolated as an SLP. When I felt isolated in the past, I wondered if I was doing the right thing. I wanted SLP friends to get advice from and to get ideas from. I do think that as SLPs, most of us, or maybe even all of us, know what it's like to feel isolated at work, and no one should have to feel that way. It makes a tough job even more difficult, so that's why we're sharing this topic today. Right. I think it was a bit of a shock for me to go from having regular interactions with my graduate school cohort into being the only specialist in a building, feeling overwhelmed and unsure of myself and my skills. Starting this second year off, I'm in a much better place as far as my work goes. I interact more with the SLPs in other buildings and honestly feel more connected, but it's still isolating at times. 
And there are ways to build your SLP community, and that's what we're talking about today. One of the ways I've built my SLP community is by podcasting. I've met some great other SLPs who have become my friends, the same thing through social media. And of course, you and I, Sarah, you get to hang out a little bit. <laughs> so for me, I do work completely alone. I own a clinic, which is a solo practice, and I'm the only one there. Then I do telepractice, which has so many perks. I truly love it. But it can lead to feeling isolated because I'm working remotely some of the time. Over the years, I've certainly dealt with isolation. So let's pull back the curtain and share our secrets. That sounds good to me. Is it an emerald curtain in The Wizard of Oz? Or is that just a wicked reference? I... I think it's the curtain, but Wizard of Oz is like my least favorite, um, <laughs> like classic movie. So I don't know. <laughs> so we are revealing our secrets today, whatever the reference is, just insert it here. Um, so here's three things that have helped us when we deal with SLP isolation and we're sharing in hopes it'll help you too. But first I know some of our listeners have this question, so I've got to ask it. Sorry, is it important that all SLPs have an SLP community? Could it be just a group of friends or family or coworkers? Is it, does it have to be SLPs? Yes, it is so important for SLPs to have a community of SLPs. And I would say that, no, it can't just be a group of friends or coworkers who don't work in the field. I think it's important professionally and personally. You have friends in the field who are also SLPs who can relate to you on the same level and can support you. And also they can help contribute to a professional community that you can use to ask for their perspectives, share resources, refer clients, etc. So I do think, yes, it is very important to have an SLP community in addition to having your regular group of friends and coworkers. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, no one gets you like other SLPs. So honestly, I think that through podcasting, but also through like Facebook groups, through social media, I've made internet friends for SLPs. And I've never felt so much like people just get me than when I chat with a like-minded SLP. So we have some suggestions to share with you. And our first suggestion is to join an SLP specialty. For us, that has been podcasting. For you, it might be joining an ASHA um, special interest group or SIG, getting really into mindfulness and yoga in sessions, whatever it is. Increase your knowledge and find like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I would also suggest putting yourself out there on social media. I know that when I initially did it for my clinic and same thing when I did it again for SLP happy hour, uh, it is intimidating to open up an SLP-based social media account. But I would say I have made so many connections by doing that. So my suggestion is if you don't want to show your face or your name, fine. I would encourage you that it's okay too, especially if you're just sharing speech therapy things. But since, you know, a lot of listeners work in schools, I understand if you don't want to. But I would say do not make it a private account because the whole purpose is you want to connect with other SLPs. So by keeping yourself in a private account, um, That's not allowing people to find you as easily and connect with you. So just go ahead and get on Instagram or Facebook or whatever you like doing. Share your ideas and connect with other SLPs. That's great. And our third suggestion is to attend in-person events. 
whether that's a teacher's pay teachers conference, a state conference, or the ASHA convention, this is a great way to meet people. And if there's nothing near you, schedule a laid back SLP monthly meetup. Sarah does that for our area. She sends out regular invitations to local SLPs, SLPAs across different settings, and she invites them to come to dinner for a chat. And it has been a great way to connect with some other lovely SLPs in our community. And students, too. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it in a long time. So if you come to those and you're like, I haven't gotten an invitation, it's because we haven't done it in a long time. (laughs) But yes, it is something that we do semi-regularly. So for me, I think it's first you have to identify the problem. Yes, I feel isolated. And if you can do that, you can do something about it. So for me, it's even more dangerous to think that we're okay to deny the problem and think we're not isolated and keep pushing ourselves and expecting ourselves to keep going. So if we know we want more SLP community, we can invite one SLP friend out to dinner. Do one thing, start somewhere, that's it. I would encourage others to do this. Even if you don't feel like you need to do this for an SLP social community, do this for an SLP professional community. One thing I've been so grateful for is the chance to ask other SLPs for their thoughts and tips on different aspects of our profession. A community of SLPs is a valuable resource for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. So just to wrap up, our first suggestion is to join a specialty or an interest area or group. Another thing you could do is put yourself out there on social media. Our third suggestion is to attend in-person events. And make sure to identify the problem and figure out if you need to build your SLP community. So next up, Sari shares why she gets up at 4 (laughs) a.m. Right now it's more like uh, 4.30, but... Okay, 4 (laughs) a.m. on work days and why I want to burn my copy of the Miracle Morning book. But first up, a break. Everyday Speech is sponsoring this episode. Everyday Speech provides a huge online library of social skills materials, including social skills videos, interactive web games, and hundreds of printable activity packets. Everyday Speech has materials for working on conversation skills, problem solving, self-regulation, and even more skills that our kiddos work with on a daily basis. With a huge library of materials and new materials being added every month, there's something for everyone. The best part is all their materials are no prep, so you've got hundreds of instant lessons ready to go. All you have to do is press play. With their advanced searching and filtering, all it takes is a couple of clicks to find the perfect material for your next session. You can get a no-obligation 30-day free trial so you can try it out and see if it's a fit. And listeners get 10% off their first year by visiting everydayspeech.com happy. That's everydayspeech.com slash happy for a 30-day free trial and 10% off your first year. Running your own practice has its share of challenges and there never seems like there's enough time to get everything done that needs to be done. Administrative tasks are necessary, but so time-consuming. Imagine streamlining that admin work that can take up so much of your time every day. With simple practice, you can automate client reminders to help your clients avoid missing appointments, set up auto pay and easily file insurance claims. Perfect for pediatrics and adults, simple practice lets you access all of your information in one place, saving you time. 
Simple Practice is mobile-friendly and works with any laptop or tablet. The mobile app makes seeing clients and documenting sessions seamless and easy, and their secure client portal gives your clients the ability to complete intake forms, view invoices, and make payments completely paperless, saving them time. Haven't you been waiting for something like this long enough? Visit paperlessslp.com and get started today with a 30-day free trial and run your practice the simple way. Simple practice for SLPs, it's about time. And now we're back to our real confession time where we talk about how we're failing with morning routines. (laughs) Have you all noticed those morning routines online and they're hours long? I'm looking at you, the miracle morning. Do not read that book unless you (laughs) want to feel bad about yourself. It's totally unrealistic. The book says you should work out, do a religious activity, meditate, read a book and more. Um, And I don't know about you, Sari, but we as SLPs seem to get up and around really early and we have to go to work really early. So if we have a routine at all, it's got to be short. Mm -hmm. And we are huge advocates here about having a two-step morning routine. Two steps, that's it. Right. Unless you are wired to do a multi-step complicated morning routine, I say keep it simple. Yeah. So I'm an, I am an early riser, but I drink my coffee and journal. That's it. It's the only part of the day where my day doesn't get hijacked by other people's agendas or work tasks. So I have to have that two-step morning routine. Hmm. So we are always your guinea pigs on the show, and we try things out before we tell you what realistically works. Um, but here is as far as I got. Step one, get out of bed. Step two, get ready for work. (laughs) I exercise in the morning at a fitness club, and by the time I'm done, there is barely time for me to shower and get ready for work, so it's always a mad rush. I would have to get up at four in the morning if I wanted some time to myself before the workout, Um, and that would only be 30 minutes then. But, um, of course, if I tried that, I couldn't drink a coffee or eat anything prior to my workout unless I wanted to make myself sick. Um, I could drink water, but we all know that that's not the first thing that you want in the morning, or at least that I want in the morning. So long story short, I couldn't add extra things into my morning routine during the work week. And I suppose part of that is I wasn't motivated to get up earlier or add something else in. Yeah. So I would argue that your gym, your workout, mm-hmm. that's a morning routine. I'll take that. Yeah, you I'll already take that. have that. I mean, you're getting up, you said, at 4.30 in the morning to mm-hmm. exercise. So, and then how do you feel afterwards? I feel great. I always feel great after my workout. You're yeah. right. Ready to go. More energized. Yeah. So you're doing awesome. You, you totally <laughs> have a morning routine. Give yourself some credit. So um, I think the big thing here that we're talking about today is that we can all tend to set unrealistic expectations for our routines. Hmm. And we're both learning that simplicity is key. Um, I once wrote down a routine that took two hours after I read the Miracle Morning book, and I was absolutely miffed and totally guilt-ridden that I couldn't do it every morning, which sounds ridiculous to me now, but at at the moment, I just couldn't figure why I couldn't I couldn't figure out why I couldn't do it. <laughs> so did you try a new one? Mm, honestly, I'm sticking to my coffee and journal. It's what makes me feel good, and it's all I've got time for. How about you? Um, well, 
I need to acknowledge that exercise is part of my morning routine. I think I was probably just considering it to be kind of like brushing your teeth in the morning, just going and exercising. But you're absolutely right. It is something that I do to start my day as part of my morning routine. And I definitely feel good afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that's our take on morning routines. If you have a morning routine that works well for you, let us know on our contact form online. And meanwhile, we are moving on to a question of the day. So all of our topics today are really related to setting goals. So one of the questions we're answering today, is it more important to meet your goal or just to have the goal in the first place? So here I'm talking about personal goals that we have for ourselves, not professional goals or goals for clients. So for the routines example, is it important that someone always do a full morning routine or that we make some progress by having the intention and doing some of the steps of the morning routine? That's the question. And here's another example. If my goal is to lose weight, is it important I actually lose the weight or is it just as important that I exercise more regularly and start eating more healthful food? Um, Okay, so on that same line, if my goal is to knit a blanket and I start but never finish it, is it more important that I learned a new skill and enjoyed it at the time? I like that one because I'm a knitter and I never (laughs) finish what I start. But I honestly don't have a lot of time for hobbies lately. Podcasting is the ultimate hobby. You've got that right. So um, yeah, as a knitter, like I said, I have several projects that I've started and haven't finished, but I have still learned along the way. And if we go to the weight loss example too, if you're consistently exercising more, eating healthier and drinking more water, you have become more healthy. So maybe you haven't lost the weight, but you are in fact healthier. So I suppose it's what you measure. So do you measure Mm. your time spent having fun knitting or do you measure the finished product? Um, For the weight loss example, do you measure with the exact number on the scale or do you measure your progress on developing healthier habits? Right. In some ways, the act itself serves a purpose, whether that be starting and participating in a project or program that you may never complete. What it does for you at that time and the benefits that you felt from it served their purpose, even if you didn't reach your goal. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you've set a goal that you haven't quite reached, but you've made some progress along the way, feel free to share it with us or just give yourself a good old pat on the back because you've (laughs) made progress. You've done something. So next up, I'll share a simple lesson you can do this week, starting now with no prep. We'll also share Sari's top 10 goals for this year. I shared mine last podcast, but first up, an ad break. As SLPs, we know that reading research articles is time-consuming. One thing that's helped me is my membership to the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP is an advertiser on this podcast, but I pay for my own membership because it's so helpful. Let the Informed SLP help you by doing the research for you. They search all the top SLP journals every month looking for articles that are highly relevant to your daily practice, and they provide you with plain language summaries of the most clinically applicable research. It's how smart SLPs do EBP. You can join by going to theinformedslp.com and you'll get 50% off your first three months with the code SLPHAPPYHOUR. 
Okay, so here are my 10 goals for 2019. Number one, get into a routine about leaving work earlier. Uh, it's something I've shared I've been struggling with, so I'm going to try to stick to that. Number two, to say a hard no without a buffer. I always buffer it, you guys. Oh, you like come up with excuses yes. about why, mm-hmm. why, why we've talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's a complete sense. I it's know, I know. Hard. I can't help it. I always give that explanation, which opens up the door for argument exactly mm-hmm. like we talked about in that podcast episode. So I am honestly still struggling with it. Um, I I don't know. I guess I need to give that episode another listen myself. Uh, Moving on from that one, my number three goal is to finish reading The Lord of the Rings out loud to my husband. When we go on road trips, especially when we drive up to Canada to visit his family, I read aloud to him and he asked me to read him The Lord of the Rings. We finished the first two, The Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers, but we've been dragging through The Return of the King. I'm not sure why, and I just want to finish it. (laughs) Okay, number four, learn how to use a new podcast editing software and streamline my editing for this podcast. Number five, get outside more. I used to hike, kayak, ski, swim a lot more and have been struggling to find time for outings and can feel really down when I don't get my dose of fresh air. So I want to increase that in 2019. Okay, and number six, Establish a regular skincare routine. I I have periods where I do really good with the face masks and the moisturizers, and then I have periods of time where I just let it all go. Um, so I would like to get more consistent. Number seven, host a friend brunch. I have a group of friends who get together every so often for a brunch, and I have yet to be the host of one because I've been too busy on weekends when everyone is available. So... My time has come, I feel like, so one of my goals in 2019 is to be a host. Number eight, to lose 10 pounds. I've gained weight recently since changing some things in my exercise routine, so I'm changing things again in the hope that I can get back on track, especially after the holidays, Um, and those cookies are still lingering, Mm -hmm. and get my energy back up again. Number nine, get more sleep. I confessed before that I don't get enough sleep, and when that happens, I get sick. So I need to work on having a set bedtime to start off my evening routines. And I saved the best for last. Spend more time with family. I just generally need to spend more time with my family. That's not just my my husband, Dan. It's also with my parents, my siblings, Um, and my extended family, they lift me up and they call frequently saying that they feel like they never see me, which makes Mm -hmm. me sad. So I'm going to try harder. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I will keep everyone posted on how this goes for me through 2019. But now it's time for one of my all-time favorite topics, the lazy lesson, which I feel obligated to describe as an efficient lesson for our listeners who aren't familiar with our use of the term. (laughs) Yeah. So this is an easy lesson that works for students who are working on describing, and it's a lesson I would use at the elementary or middle school level. So first of all, I will always have a describing visual that my students have in front of them so that they can use it as a kind of a visual map or visual reference for how to describe something. Mm. I love this idea. Yeah. Then we might do iSpy, which you can get iSpy cards, or you can use a book or a picture. But um, 
what my students are really motivated to use is an app. It's called What's in the Bag. It's $1.99. Um, and basically you hide an item in the bag and it can be um, an item that looks kind of cartoony that comes with the picture, with the app, or you can take a picture on your camera roll. So then they describe the item that's in the bag to the other members of the group mm. using the visual that they have in front of them. Now, once every student in the group has described something, we choose two of those things and we draw a Venn diagram and we compare and contrast. So really, truly, this is a ton of practice for describing vocabulary, compare and contrast that involves really no prep at all. And I've been seeing really good growth with describing skills when I do these lessons. This is so good. And you know what I'm thinking while you're talking is that if you don't have the app, you could easily grab some common objects around your speech room or let the kids pick an object and actually put them in the paper bag with everyone else closing their eyes or if you're the speech therapist pretending to close your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and then they could describe it and then compare and contrast in the same way with an actual bag. Right. Or just like use a hand towel on yeah. top of a small object. Yeah. Totally. So easy. You can I use whatever it. you need. Um, but having that describing visual in, in front of your student and um, giving them the skills to describe when they use it and use it, and teaching that vocabulary is really key. Mm. So there you have it. That's what we have for this episode of SLP Happy Hour. Remember the three steps to finding your SLP community. Number one, join an SLP specialty or have a special interest. Number two, put yourself out there online with an SLP-related social media account. Number three, attend or organize an in-person event. Just choose one of those and get started. In this profession, chances are, even if you don't feel isolated, professionally, you just might be. So meeting with other SLPs to talk about topics that are work or that aren't work can be so uplifting and affirming. And if you try any of the steps, let us know. And consider creating a simple, effective two-step morning routine. Also, think about, even if you aren't meeting your goal, how much progress you've made just by making it in the first place. Give yourself some grace and understand that sometimes it's about the journey more so than it is about the destination. And if you want an easy lesson for the week, try Sarah's easy lesson for describing, comparing, and contrasting things. We hope you found this episode helpful, informative, and learned something along the way. By sharing our experiences with each other, we can all become stronger members of the SLP community and more forgiving of ourselves. If you learned something new from this episode, please share it with a friend. Make sure you are subscribed and please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we love it when you take a selfie of you listening in and maybe even something you learned and post it on social media. Make sure to tag us. We'd love to see it. But if you do only one thing, rate or review us. We'll have a direct link in the show notes, and it makes a huge difference for us, and it's the number one way that you can help us out. You can find out more about us on our website, slphappyhour.com, or on social media as SLP Happy Hour. We hope this episode was a little slice of an SLP Happy Hour for you. We enjoyed recording it. Until next time, this has been SLP Happy Hour.